Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. We made it to Monday morning here for your Rush Hour ride, December 18th, 2023. Last week before Christmas, can you believe it? Has anyone not begun your Christmas shopping? All right, do you work well under pressure? I'm with you. It's okay. There's probably a deal or two left out there. Well, we got all your entertainment news. I've got Bachelor content. I've got other entertainment news content, some motivational, and I'm going out of my way to search for good news. We don't just want to share the gossip. If it bleeds, it leads. How about if it makes you cry, we will defy odds and play it over here. All right, folks. So let's start with The Bachelor, or I should say The Golden Bachelorette. That's right. It is happening, folks. Casting nationwide. Are you awesome? Are you a senior guy looking for love? We want to meet you for The Golden Bachelorette, casting all ethnicities. Click here to apply. You can go to, I think, the Instagram. I think it's the Golden Bachelor Instagram. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this, I, I know, look, there's less people in the golden age of life that probably want to deal with all of the drama and nonsense and have your past uh, unearthed, as we have seen it play out for old Gary out there. I did want to share with you quite an alarming commentary from Bachelor Party, the podcast. This is, uh, I guess they're looking, you know, we uh, we saw Gary Turner and we kind of dug up some info that, oh, maybe he went on dates and had a girlfriend after his wife died. We, of course, scrutinized Nick Vial for saying oh, his wife's body wasn't even war- cold yet. You know, all that horrible stuff out there. Hey, but some people, not every take is great here. We got to love them. But listen to this take. She has a coworker, I think. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That knows Teresa. Yes. And apparently Teresa, like Gary, had other relationships in between Billy and Gary. So And supposedly, supposedly Teresa's been engaged like four or five times. Total kook, yeah. That makes so, sense. That checks out for me. They also said that she's very cheap, so <laughs> she doesn't know Gary. how much money she actually has <laughs> or in that she they think that well, she'll she, absolutely get a prenup. Good. Well, maybe she keeps it. That's why she's cheap because yeah. that's why she's rich. Yeah. All right. As reality Steve would say, garbage. Come on. That's a bad take. Hey, who cares if Teresa dated a guy? But they claim she's been engaged five or six times after her husband Billy passed away. I don't know. If Teresa's happy as an adult human and Gary's happy, hey, go at it. Have fun. Sure, sign a prenup, whatever. Take care of your finances. But I wish them the best. Now, who will be the next Golden Bachelorette? Will they follow standard Bachelor protocol where they have one of the uh, finalists of this last season. You know, maybe we'll get Faith, Ellen, Joan, Susan, April, Edith, Leslie. What do you guys think? Should we uh, rally around any specific contestants or do they want to look for someone new? I mean, didn't Martha Stewart say she would do Golden Bachelorette? So maybe uh, maybe she'll get in there. Not quite in their golden years. We've got the Vanderpump. Now, they've been around for 11 seasons, but Vanderpump Rules stars are having... Um, you know, uh, some interesting conversations regarding last year's big scandal. Now, if you didn't, if you, if you aren't familiar, maybe you were cryogenically frozen for a year. Tom Sandoval cheated on his longtime girlfriend, Ariana. Uh, they were dating for like 10 years, live in girlfriend. They share a house together. They cheated. She, Sheena 
is friends with everyone in the group. So she takes to a podcast to explain how difficult it's been for her, which look, I understand. It's got to suck when your friend group sort of gets blown apart, but a lot of people are criticizing her because clearly she wasn't the one cheated on. Ariana was, but either way, you know, you, you know, everyone feels their emotions differently. Have a listen. I don't know that Ariana will ever understand how hard this was on me personally because yes it didn't happen to me i wasn't cheated on but there was a lot that he did do personally to me i lost weight after the scandal i was in court after the scandal i was fighting rumors online about my own husband after the scandal i mean it really did a number on me but i don't I, All right, she said it did a number on her. I'm going to cut there. The background music's too long. Hey, look, yeah, I mean, everyone involved in the scandal dealt with it differently. I'm not going to shame her if she uh, wants to have a pity party. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's the thing, though. At least Ariana, she was the one who was cheated on. At least she got Dancing with the Stars and a million commercials. I mean, nobody in the... I mean, as far as I know, nobody who's ever been cheated on has been able to make so much money afterwards. I wish... If I were cheated on, I could have such a lucrative... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure people would rather not have their heart broken and all that jazz, but that's where it stands. All right. Are you out there faking it at your job until you make it? We love the saying, fake it till you make it. Well, here's some funny information that came out about Steve Jobs. He rigged the first iPhone demo by faking full signal strength and secretly swapping devices because of fragile prototypes and bug-riddled software. The engineers were so nervous they got drunk during the presentation to calm their nerves. I don't know if you remember the first iPhone. I recently watched, and uh, there's a movie based on the, uh, it's a biopic of the founder of, uh, what's it called, BlackBerry? And I was one of those BlackBerry guys who was like, oh, the iPhone will never take off. There's no buttons. How are you going to text each other? If you're, I, I mean, I know for our younger generation, our younger millennials and Gen Z, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But there was a time, a nostalgic moment, where we did not think cell phones could exist without a keyboard button. Uh, and either way, Steve Jobs proved us all wrong, And uh, but it took a little faking it. Hey, do what you got to do. He insisted on a live presentation, deviating from the norm of pre recorded demonstrations common in Silicon Valley. I know, I'm, 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 of course, these prototypes, things can go wrong. We saw what happened with Elon Musk when he did that live presentation with his Cybertruck and they accidentally like uh, broke the unbreakable glass. But either way, Jobs requested that the iPhones be configured to always display full signal strength regardless of the actual signal quality. This was to showcase the phone's wireless capabilities convincingly. So, you know, hey, don't, don't take my advice. I don't want anyone to get sued out there. But if you have the chance to fake something in the hopes that uh, it'll uh, lead to trillion dollar sales. I say go for it. All right, why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with more music from Stella Cole uh, to get us in the Christmas spirit. Now, before I get us in the Christmas spirit with some good Christmas tunes, uh, you may have been keeping track of what day it is. It is December 18th, the day I'm supposed to go to court for my injunction against harassment hearing. I'm being essentially sued uh, over a harassment case due to my coverage of the Clayton Eckerd paternity scandal. I will share with you why I'm not in the court today. Is it good news? Is it bad news? And are we not going to have the craziest Patreon episode of all time? We'll get to you and get to you all of that information right after we play Stella K. Cole. That's her name on Instagram. And here she is singing us a little Santa Baby. Have a listen. Santa Baby, just slip a sable under the tree. 
for me I've been an awful good girl Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight Also, uh, listen to my new Christmas single If you want <laughs> Santa baby A 54 convertible to light blue I'll wait up for you, dear Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight so All right, folks there it is, Stella Cole on Instagram. Gotta love her. Absolutely a magical voice out there. And uh, all right, so we'll get into the Clayton stuff. Uh, I don't know where to even begin. So yeah, sued for injunction against harassment. Uh, and what that really means is somebody is accusing me of harassing them due to my coverage of the Clayton Eckerd paternity scandal. Supposed to be going to court today. It was initially supposed to be Cyber Monday. I guess this might be common. I don't really know. I've never been sued before. Uh, oh yeah, sue me me, they say, and she did. Uh, but of course, she is no stranger to the legal system, as it seems like she just sues anybody at this point. The mail's not delivered on time? Sue me! You know, gotta restart the router before watching, uh, you know, uh, HBO's The Gilded Age? Sue them! I don't know. Either way, uh, all I've really done is shared my opinion based on publicly available court documents, as you guys know. And thanks to your robust donations, I've uh, uh, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've received legal counsel to deal with this. They're going to be, uh, I guess, uh, zooming into the clerk's office today to find out when my court case will be moved to. They're thinking late February, early March. It was supposed to be, I think, February 12th or the 19th, something some, sometime mid-February. Of course, her alleged due date is February 14th. Now, I could rattle off uh, what is harassment, what isn't, but I'll, I'll just tell you this. I fully believe these charges are going to go nowhere. I fully believe if she does decide to go through with suing me, it's going to look really bad for her because after we win, I'm going to be twice as obnoxious twice as loud twice i mean it's just gonna it's just gonna be a lot you know and she might say well i gotta use this in my defense i need to stop him but imagine if telling the truth as i have and shared my opinions based on what i believe to be the truth is imagine if doing that is actually illegal could you just kept you could you just keep on getting sued i mean not in this country right folks so it really does come down to a first amendment right but you can't use your first amendments to harass somebody now say i had a thing out for um uh let, let's call let's, some lady named debbie right if i if i really didn't like debbie and i said everyone debbie go to her instagram and just leave her hate mail give her a one-star reviews on her podcast go out there really destroy her mental health and and you know uh you know start lies about her and yoga class and all these crazy things you can say hey this guy's cyber stalking me this guy's harassing me he's doing all these things look that's just not the case i've never said I've never said this lady's name and I've never uh, shared her image. And even if I did, that wouldn't constitute harassing. And I'm very confident in all of that. Now, the more interesting thing I wanted to talk about is all of the motions in the ocean. A lot of motion in the ocean, in the Clayton Eckerd ocean, that is. A lot of motions happening. I don't have the actual copies on me yet. By the time you're listening to this, I probably will. This week for sure, I'm going to be receiving publicly available information that shares the motions that Clayton's uh, side, I guess, is filing or has filed regarding the paternity suit. Now, 
once I have those motions, I can speak a little more clearly and freely about what they are. So I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but um, I've teased the hell out of it on today's Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal, where I will be, you know, looking at the different documents, redacting information, you know, people's names and things like that, just to keep it to the books as possible. Now here, and this is just my opinion. I think what happened was after this medium article was written about me, an article that was just countless amount of lies, you know, basically uh, Jane Doe calling herself some sort of victim of cyberbullying and all these things. After that happened, it it's my, it's in my opinion that lawyers and people that are close to the case said enough is enough. And they just, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure Clayton read that and goes, oh man, Dave's had my back. He's, he's sort of like, uh, been one of the only people covering the story. It's my belief that what might've happened is, um, again, uh, Jane Doe may have flown a little too close to the sun. And rather than just letting this all kind of, uh, slide off into the abyss, um, people are seeing these sort of credible threats to character that are coming out from her sharing, you know, this complete fabricated victimization of everything. So, so anyway, it's my belief that those motions were filed to say, you know, we are going to make sure we can prove that she's pregnant in court, which I don't think the court cares enough to do that. But I think there's going to be several motions. And again, this is all like second, third party info. My guess is by this afternoon's podcast, I'm going to have like those hard copy in my hands and share with you exactly what's being filed. So I'm just teasing that to say, stick around. Uh, I'm not trying to jump the gun and share something that might have it all twisted and wrong, but it looks like the motions that are being filed are going to keep this court case in the sort of um, on the top of the shelf for the judge and, and for, you know, because if they don't do anything, I believe the court had a motion to dismiss and this case that she has this paternity case would have just gone away. But by Clayton's team actually sort of continuing to say, no, 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 no. Not only do we not want it to go away, we want proof that Clayton's not the father. So if she ever claims she gave the babies up for adoption, we can actually say that it's not true because uh, they would have to go through us first and blah, blah, blah. Right. So anyway, we're going to wait for that to come out so I can get all the legal terminology for you. But uh, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a very busy day while I'm not actually in court defending myself just yet. Um, we are we are defending justice as it is out there. All right. Uh, you know me. I am a nonstop Taylor Swift news channel here. Uh, someone dug up this uh, clip from Taylor Swift from 10 years ago when she was 24 years young, imagining what she would be, what she would be doing at the uh, old age of 34. So here it is 10 years later. Let's have a listen. That's so cool. And what? in 10 years, where do you want to be? 10 years, I'll be 20, I'll be 34, almost 35. Um, wow. I want to be creative in some way. I don't know if I'll be on a stage. I don't know if I'll be behind the scenes writing songs for other people. That sounds like a dream to me. Mm. As long as I'd be continuing to fulfill that creative need and that that I would have a void. If I wasn't writing songs, that would be something very missing from my life. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I don't... At this point, I, I don't know if I want someone else in my life. I don't know if I want 
a family, it's like all those things are up in the air. And that's more exciting to me because I'd really like to let life happen rather than have some weird plan for it. I think if you have a plan for like, I need to be married by this age and I need to have kids by this age, you'll kind of force your life to take that course and you might not end up with the right person you might be making decisions kind of under duress of your own plans and i just want to let my life happen you're just ready for adventures oh yes good (laughs) well look thank you so all right there it is how's that for some wisdom from a 24 year old don't let your life be led by your decisions and that'll make you you know you'll do them in duress i said i'd be married by this age well you know just when you thought you know she's selling out theater uh, excuse me theaters uh stadiums across the world and then of course uh travis kelsey shoots his shot and they got a happy little relationship happening so nothing bad to say except this article that came out here well, you know, you just can't be a pop star with a little, without a little bit of a carbon footprint. Taylor Swift faces scrutiny over producing 138 tons of carbon dioxide to see Travis Kelsey. Oh, boy. A lot of pressure on the relationship. You know, you, you know you're a popular relationship when people are measuring how much carbon dioxide you're using to see them. Taylor Swift, 34, is facing environmental scrutiny for her frequent flights to see Travis Kelsey amidst her Global Eras World Tour. She was named the most significant celebrity contributor to carbon dioxide emissions in 2022 and is on track to retain this title due to her extensive travel schedule. Swift's numerous flights between New York and Kansas City, along with trips during her ongoing Eras World Tour in South America, have highlighted the environmental cost of her personal and professional commitments. Her travel habits have generated 138 tons. You know, but what does that even mean? They say it's the equivalent of planting over 2,200 trees for a decade. Oh, geez, that's a lot. Well, you know, I mean, she owns two Dassault Falcon jets, a 7X and a 900. Swift's air travel has been closely monitored. Look, I say this. Yeah, sure, she uses 12,000 gallons of jet fuel, amounting to $70,000. Has her production company registered under Island Jet Inc. So I guess you can just search. I mean, if you're bored enough, I guess you could just search and see where her jet is. But if I learned anything from Below Deck, you know, where they basically have yachts that are charted out to other people, when she's not using the jet there must be a company that will like rent her jet out to other people and i'm not this isn't in defense of her i don't i just don't understand why private jets use so much more jet fuel than normal planes again i'll probably get an email from a you know a pilot out there just uh someone explain it to me okay look i've promised you guys i would have some good news and i'm going to bring it to you i'm going to bring it to you nice and hard right after this break all right, as promised, let's get to a good Monday morning good news story. I t- okay, it's going to start off sounding pretty bad, but it gets better. Baby swept up by Tennessee tornado was found alive by the grace of God, says mom. Local community has rallied to support the family whose home was destroyed. This is wild, if this is true. A mom said it's by the grace of God that her baby was found alive after being picked up by the Tennessee tornado that also destroyed the family home. Sydney Moore recalling the terrifying moments before last week's tornado outbreak that affected portions of the southern U.S., including Tennessee, Kentucky, and Mississippi. Her partner and two children were in Clarksville when the tornado started enveloping their mobile home. Reliving the moments before the event, Sydney said the roof came off first, the tip of the tornado came down, and picked up the bassinet with our baby. He was the first thing to go up. This is... A, this is beyond a nightmare. She told Nashville's WSMV News that in her boyfriend's attempts to rescue the baby, he too had been thrown out of the home. 
He was just holding on to the bassinet the whole time, and they went into cir- they went in circles. While this was happening, Sydney's instinct was to also protect her one-year-old son. She said, something in me just told me to run and jump on top of my son. The moment I jumped on him, the walls collapsed. Despite the mobile home being destroyed along with other belongings, the family were able to escape from the debris and search for the baby. After around 10 minutes of searching, Sydney said the baby was found alive in a tree that had fallen in the rain. She recalled, I thought he was dead. I was pretty sure he was dead and we weren't going to find him, but he's here and that's by the grace of God. Look, hey, I got to tell you, whether you believe in God or another higher being or want to call it a funky name, that, my friends, is a miracle. I think we all can agree. So good to hear. You know, you might have heard this already. I'm moving to Nashville and we actually found a home that has one of those um, little private uh, earthquake, uh, not earth, excuse me, I say earthquakes. I live in California, uh, tornado shelters. So I'm not, you know, in out of all of the, out of the dozens of homes we looked at, it was the only one that had a tornado shelter. And I would be lying if I said that was the reason we decided to purchase that home. It just turns out it'll be a happy little extra, um, you know, moment of um, safety, I guess. You got to run down to it and the sirens are going. It just sounds like an absolute nightmare. So I don't know what uh, role that baby's going to have for the rest of his life, but uh, let's just say uh, he's, uh, you know, I think they need to rename him something, something that has to do with like surviving or tornado. You know what I mean? Like call him like, uh, I don't know, Top Gun. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like something, give him a cool name because that's, uh, that's, that's going to be hard to, to live up to when you're biggest moment in life is when you're eight months old and you're swept away on a bassinet. Uh, maybe, maybe that could, you know, if there's a bassinet company out there, I think you, uh, owe it to this family to give them a brand new one. Right. All right. Well, let's round it up with some rapid fire stories. Wonka Yummy with 39 million opening as musicals bounce backs at the box office. Uh, Willy Wonka had a very strong hold on Saturday with 14 million, just 3% off from Friday, Thursday previews, 14 million resulting in an estimated 39 total opening, which is slightly north of the 35 million start that Spider-Man did back in the same mid-December slot in 2018. For family movies opening at this point in time, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There's a lot of road left for Wonka, especially with 21% of K through 12, 76% colleges off tomorrow. Yeah, that's I'm, I plan on watching Wonka, but probably more like around Christmas. I know we have another week. So it's that time of the year where, you know, there's going to be a lot of movies to be seen. And I got to tell you, I have not seen many good movies on Netflix or Hulu or any of the streamers regarding Christmas this year. Very let down. And you know who's let down is Jason Momoa. He says the future of Aquaman films is not looking too good. The actor admitted that he has doubts about future films with a DC superhero since James Gunn and Peter Safran took over DC Studios. Um, I I could honestly care less. I really don't like superhero movies. Is that am I lame for not caring? Well, he might not be the only one out of a job. Maya, um, I, I always mess up the pronunciation here. Mayim Bialik says she's no longer hosting Jeopardy syndicated show. So that uh, that little run she had as the Jeopardy host did not blossom into a bigger paycheck. The bit you see what I did there, of uh, my '90s f- fans. The Big Bang Theory grad posted on social media that producers that producers Sony informed her of the news. She and uh, co-host Ken Jennings were both nominated for daytime Emmys for their roles alternating at the lectern left vacant by the passing of the beloved Alex Trebek. Sony tapped Bialik and Jennings to split hosting duties of the long-running syndicate game show last year, capping a months-long period in which the series underwent a messy transition. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of weird, right? You know, everyone had different 
thoughts on who should take the series over. And I guess she's out. I don't know. Uh, I mean, she won an Emmy for it, so she must have been pretty good at her job, but didn't make it to the end there. All right. Well, I've got more stories to get to, but we are just out of time. So let's play another feel good clip. This is from the Instagram account called We Are Man Enough. Are we too sensitive or just evolving? That's the question. And this is with the uh, legendary Loretta J. Ross talking about cancel culture. Have a listen. We are becoming too sensitive as a culture. No, we're becoming more mature as a culture. Our mores are growing up. Our ability to see harm is evolving so that things that we would have given a pass to only a few years ago we no longer have to give a pass to it right but the point is isn't whether we should hold people accountable but how because i want to hold you accountable for your harm and help you figure out how not to commit harm again and while not disposing of you that's the contradiction at the heart of the call-out culture. It's replicating the prison industrial complex we call ourselves fighting, punishment, silencing, exile. Well, if that doesn't even work for the government that's got all the money and power in the world and they can't stop recidivism, why do we think it's gonna work for us and we ain't got that money and power? Do you think- Amazing. And, you know, they say, well, it's not cancel culture, it's consequences. And it's like, I think consequences can be made in a way that is less punitive and more restoring, like the learning that people can do to move forward. And you might disagree with me, but I look at it in different ways. I mean, after five years off, Alex Jones is back on Twitter. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, in that specific case, you might not like him, but, uh, you know, moving forward, is it better that people are banished to silence forever or is it better that they learn from their mistakes and move forward? I know it's a tough one. I would talk about this with grace. It's hard to have grace for the people you don't want to have grace for, but that's what that's what makes it so challenging. And Loretta J. Ross here just absolutely so eloquently describes the effect that, look, the present system doesn't work, so why do we think punishing and punitive damage is going to work? Why don't we try to educate and lead with compassion? Sounds good to me. Let me know what y'all think. There are so many stories we didn't get to today, and I'm going to have to cover them all this afternoon. So stay tuned. I'm going to have a lot of content to discuss with you on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal, and I'll be on YouTube all day long with another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour coming this afternoon. Have a good one, everyone. Talk to you then. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.